0: Welcome back to Excelsior Journeys. This is George Soroy. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for tuning in for over 150 episodes. It has been such a great run doing this show. It's been a great time being affiliated with the Friends Talking Nerdy Podcast Network. It's been great working with those guys. And I hope that you're listening to all the shows that they have to offer as well. For those of you who who have been listening to the show just a couple of months ago, I had the pleasure of speaking with Tyler Foley about not only about his work as as an author, as a speaker, as everything that he does, but also as co-founder of Endless Stages, which is a program that is set up through podmatch.com. So if you are a podcaster or would like to be a guest on a podcast, you definitely need to get on podmatch.com. The tools that they offer, the resources they, they offer is, it is absolutely spectacular. And not only did I find Tyler through that, but I also found our guest through for this week through that app as well. Michael Harris is the other co-founder of endless stages. So we'll be talking quite a bit about that. And we're also celebrating the 10th anniversary of the release of his book, Falling Down, Getting Up. And with everything that he does as well, on top of being a co-founder of an amazing program, which we're going to be talking about more, as well as an author and a yoga instructor and so much more, I am really, really looking at forward to this conversation. He's here with us this week. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present Michael Harris. Michael, how are you, sir?
1: I'm great, George. It's, it's really great to be here with you this morning, and I appreciate that opening you did. And I was thinking about, I listened to a couple of the episodes, and you have an episode with Christina Erickson, which is actress, writer, director, and a yoga instructor.
0: Yeah, Christina and I go way back. She and I went to the same school at Marymount Mammonette College. She was also the first weekly guest on the show since since the previous week was when I launched the first three episodes. So she was the one that really got me on that weekly schedule. Yeah.
1: Well, it's amazing how many people out there in the world are, I like to call it being passionately diverse. They do. Yeah, and I've I've had a lot
0: of people there that do this that that are that are like that as well. I've had a lot of people. And I mean I think that kind of that kind of mirrors what I do as an author, as a podcaster, as an audiobook narrator, as a voice actor, and I seem to gravitate toward people that are kind of doing the same sort of thing, that have this sort of passion in them, but at the same time are getting it out in so many different areas. Right.
1: And I, I know
0: for me, I never wanted to
1: do one thing, George. It was just like, no, I want to do that. I want to do that. I want to do that. Oh, I want to do that over there, too. <laughs> so instead of trying to just like always do one thing, which there there's benefit in that, too, I wanted to be, like I said, multidimensional, multi-passionate. And to explore these different things. Again, I'm a yoga instructor. I've been teaching yoga for years. I'm an Mm -hmm. entrepreneur. I'm an author. I'm a speaker. We train podcast guests. I climb mountains. I do all sorts of
0: things because that's the life that I want to live. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I remember... I remember when I was a kid, my mother got the Dr. Seuss book, my book about me, and it's where you paste a picture of yourself on the cover and then you basically fill the book with all these different facts about yourself. And right at the the end of it, they had a whole thing that said, when I grow up, I want to be. And it had like a whole list of people of different different types of jobs, different types of career paths. And she must've known that I was going to be tackling more than one thing because she kept on saying like, well, you're going to be this, you're going to be this, you're going to be this, you're going to be this. (laughs) And it's just like, I guess it just kind of got in my head. I was just like, okay, so I guess that is the path that's, that I am taking, which is many paths. So that's, that's going to be, that's going to be a really interesting life. And (laughs) so far about 40 years later, it has been. So yeah. Well, that's the Excelsior journeys. Exactly. Yeah, Exactly. It's all about improving yourself, all about getting that creative passion out there in the world, no matter what kind of venue it is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So before we go into your origin story, I'm curious to know a little bit more about falling down, getting up because I have had that experience quite a bit throughout my life. And a lot of cases, much more recent than, than I would like to say. And so dealing with, dealing with having to, constantly fall down and not only disappoint yourself but others and then having to get up constantly and try to try to go forward and try to do better next time try to if you can't fix what was what was already done then at least you can make make a point to make sure that that doesn't happen again so so tell us a little bit about falling down getting up well falling down getting up is
1: A bit entwined, I would say, with my origin story. When I was 12 years old, I had a water skiing accident. I was a hotshot water skier, Mm -hmm. and I liked doing beach landings. And one day we were out there on a lake on the Oregon coast, and I was doing a beach landing, and I was coming in quite fast. I was outside of the wake and increasing my speed. So don't know exactly what I was going, maybe 50 or 60 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. And hit the beach and just smacked the beach, I should say. Initially, they just thought I was bruised up and that I was okay. I had nothing external that was damaging or that was damaged. But the next day, I was in the hospital in Portland. And 10 days later, I was waking up and they had removed 60% of my liver. I had 21 blood transfusions, cracked ribs, collapsed lung, and the 10-day coma. And so I came out of that. But, George, when I did write the book, I went back and talked to a couple of people that were around it at that time. That was 1971, including the person that drove the the boat, family, friends. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, what do you remember? And she says, I remember you're always smiling. She says, even when, when you woke up in the hospital, you were still smiling. She says, I couldn't believe that. She says, you were happy no matter what. And it's just like, wow, okay. So I mean, that became part of the book. And the thing though, George, it's wasn't all a happy ending after the recovery from that surgery. It took me about a year to recover from the accident and from the surgery, but my self-esteem just plummeted. Mm-hmm. It quite frankly, it sucked. And I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what my place was as a kid anymore. Yeah. And I really struggled and I started hanging out with the people that were drinking and smoking and doing all those things that some of the kids do beyond experimentation. Right. And I I started getting in trouble around drinking and, and everything else. And, Part of what I realized is I really became angry with God Hmm. for so long because I didn't want to, when I had my coma, I had a near-the-death experience and left my body and didn't want to come back. Mm -hmm. I wanted to stay where I was. And I couldn't believe that, you know, all this stuff at that time that was going on that God was was worthy of being friends with, I'll Hmm. say. Because I was just angry, angry, angry. So I'm going to speed forward real quick, kind of make a long story a little bit shorter. Mm-hmm. In 1986, I ended up at OHSU, which is Oregon Health Sciences University Hospital, in the vascular department with the professor, and assistant professor of vascular surgery. And they're telling me that my legs are blocked. My right leg is 100% blocked. My left leg is 65% blocked. Well, and... Man they might have to cut off my legs. And they ended up doing what's called a fem pop. It's essentially a bypass surgery on the legs. Mm -hmm. So that, that helped for a couple of months, a couple of months. And within a couple of months, my legs had reblocked again. It was authorized plaque within my arteries. My cholesterol wasn't bad. It was 140 at the time of surgery. All my blood panels were normal and they couldn't tell me why it was happening. Yeah. So when they wanted to do additional surgeries, I said no and left the hospital AMA against medical advice because I didn't want to have the surgeries. Yet Hmm. they were telling me as they were surrounding my bed before I left the hospital that if I didn't, I would be losing my legs in a couple of months and losing my life probably within six months if I didn't do it. Wow. Well, lo and behold, George, I'm still here. Wow. Their prediction was wrong. This is 1987. Yeah. It's 2022 now. Depending upon <laughs> when this episode comes out, that's 35 years.
0: Oh, uh, that'll be that'll be this uh, that'll be in July. So, yeah, yeah in July of 2022. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, 35 years. Wow. Yeah. That is fabulous. That is fabulous. So, is so, fabulous. The, so the getting
1: back up part, George, I'll I'll mention this briefly. The doctors Mm -hmm. at OHSU were saying, when it hurts, just rest. And Mm -hmm. what was hurting was my legs and my calves' intermittent claudication because I wasn't getting enough blood in my legs. Mm -hmm. So I went to a place called the Pritikin Longevity Center in Santa Monica, right on the uh, Santa Monica boardwalk at the time. It's not there anymore. Mm -hmm. And the doctor there says, when it hurts, get up and walk. Mm. And I said, what? He says, just get up and walk more. He says, go out there to the boardwalk. And again, it's from Santa Monica Pier down to Marina Del Rey, for those that know where that is. Yeah. And just start walking. Well, George, when I got to the Pritikin Center, I was walking 10 feet on a cane. Mm. When I left two weeks later, I was walking two miles. Wow. The getting up part, right? Yeah. Yeah and my my friendship with god began to shift i was no longer as angry as i was yeah and became i'll I'll say i became friends that's right? great my self esteem got better and mm-hmm. stronger and george picture this i'm i'm on the boardwalk yeah I'm I'm my average weight, my normal weight's about 175, 180 pounds, right? That's where mm-hmm. I should be. Yeah, I was 136 pounds. I
0: was skinny. Wow. And here I am in George. Have Have you been to that boardwalk before? I have not. I've I've not been been over to that. I've only been to the West Coast, really, just like a couple of times. Been to Vegas once. Been to yeah. L.A. once, and that's well, been it. So yeah. Well,
1: let me tell you, there's Girls in bikinis on rollerblades. Yeah. <laughs> up and down that boardwalk. <laughs> and I did not want to be the 97-pound weakling getting sand kicked in his face. I wanted to stand up tall, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as I was walking up and down that boardwalk, man, I I owned the place.
0: Oh, yeah. Got to right? put those shoulders back. Got to put the head up and everything. And just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was an inspiration. Wow. Yeah. That's great. So, and yeah. Hey, those whatever 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 happens with inspiration, as long as it comes, then then terrific. Yeah. Then you gotta just keep working with it. And yep. yeah, that's that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And so having gone through that, having gone through that experience and feeling like you said, feeling that that confidence returning. Was it during that point where you were just like, well, what else can I do? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, because I was feeling like
1: I was getting my life back. I mean, I I wasn't 100% yet. I mean, I could walk about two miles, but I still, my weight was still low. I I needed to get a little bit of weight back. Mm -hmm. I needed to eat more. And the pretty good center, they also put you on a plant-based diet which wasn't that common back then. I mean, it was, but it was more vegans and hippies and no leather and all that kind of stuff. But this was not quite like that. And it was a plant-based diet. So I could eat as much as I wanted to, right? Mm -hmm. Because plants don't have a lot of fat and they just said, keep eating, don't stop eating. Mm -hmm. So I like that part, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) so i got my weight back i I was living in portland so i ended up back in portland started doing a little bit of yoga and loved it george just loved it
0: yeah what was your first experience with with yoga like when when you first did that when did you feel like ooh, this is for me well the first time i did it was at the pritikin
1: center it was more like a really gentle stretching class it wasn't vigorous in any sense of the term Right, but When I started doing it, it was at a gym, at a 24-hour fitness gym in Portland. And I just started, I would go in, I would lift weights, and I would do all that. And I'd venture into the the yoga class sometimes. And I just really liked it. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, wow, this makes me feel good. Stretch a little this way, stretch a little that way. And it's just like, it was so invigorating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then... In 93, I ventured into a hot yoga class, a a Mm. Bikram yoga class for the listeners who know who Bikram is. And there was a hot yoga class in in Portland, a studio that had just opened, one of the very early hot yoga studios. And I ventured into this class and you're sweating and it's hot. And I got to tell you, at first I thought it was pretty stupid, George. (laughs) But then after a few classes, it was just like, oh, my God, because with the heat, it really opens you up. It's like taking a piece of metal. You need to heat it to a certain temperature to bend it or it's going to break. Same Mm -hmm. with the human body. We need to heat it to a certain temperature to allow it to move
0: more freely. Mm. And so getting that sort of feeling, getting that sort of flexibility, all of a sudden it just kind of definitely just sounds like it really just really connected with you in a way that few things really do. Exactly. And my legs weren't
1: 100% yet. Mm-hmm. It was it was still a few years after the surgery. I had accomplished quite a bit, but I wasn't 100%. And mm-hmm. as I kept doing the, the yoga, I was feeling better, yet I kind of felt like I would have some pain my whole life.
0: Mm.
1: and then by the mid 90s I was doing some option trading I made a bunch of money I was able to take a couple of years off and I took a couple of years off Mm -hmm. and I ended up in 1998 at Bikram yoga teacher training not to become a teacher but I thought if I went and studied with this yoga master dude for three or four months that my body would heal yeah well I hated the guy at first. I have a (laughs) lot of those experiences where I hate something at first, and then I turn to love it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I hated him at first. I wanted my money back. And the biggest lesson, George, that I learned is right here in yoga. It wasn't about how to do the perfect posture. It was don't worry about it, forget about it. Because I Mm. would just hold on to everything, right? Yeah. I would worry about it. I didn't want to let it go. You don't understand part of that victim stuff. Right, but again, he was right,
0: and mm-hmm.
1: within a couple of weeks, all the pain in my body was gone.
0: Gone. Wow, wow! Right? It's just like like that mind shift kind of thing where we are we're holding on to something that we expect something to be, and then when it's not, then we get upset at it. Yeah, because it feels like we were tricked almost, and then. Then all of a sudden, it's just like, well, let me learn, let me get a little bit more into this. And then all of a sudden, you, at some point, it clicks. Absolutely. And, and that's what it did for me. And there was a particular posture.
1: It's something called standing head to knee. And I won't get into all the dynamics of it. But right. it was the posture that hurt me the most mm. by practicing that posture. Yeah. And the aha moment came one day in class is, as we were doing that posture and I had no pain anymore. Mm. And the pain that I had been holding in my legs for the last ten, twelve years was gone. Wow. And it's it just gotta like, feel
0: like such a like an albatross just coming off of your neck. George, and, I,
1: I have uh, to say I haven't done this very often, but I cried in that yoga class. Wow. Wow. You know, I, I had tears in my eyes in, in that yoga class.
0: Yeah. Because yeah.
1: I knew that my life was had shifted again. Mm-hmm. That I'd let go of something that I no longer needed. Oh, wow. And that's where that, that don't worry about, it, forget about it Yeah, part comes in, right? Because mm-hmm.
0: it's just yeah. like, okay, I'll forget right. about it then. Now, when, when I was speaking with Tyler, he kind of had a, a similar story because it was one thing that he had that led to another, that led to another. And it was, I always talk about on the show, I always talk about what I call the lightning bolt moment. And that's mm-hmm. that moment where you experience something or meet someone or hear something, see something, whatever. And it just makes you point in that direction and say, that's what I want to do. That's the kind of life I want to live. That's the kind of person I want to be. And with Tyler, I was t- I was saying to him, it's just like, it sounds like it's more like a lightning storm that you that you have going. <laughs> and I'm hearing that already with you. I'm hearing the same thing because it was the doing one thing that led to something else that led to something else and that led to something else. And it really is like the ultimate Excelsior journey because you're picking things up along the way and you're showing like how they can benefit others by doing that. Yep. And let me go back
1: to December 14th, 1988. Hmm. And it was after my surgeries, I had been struggling with with drinking and was going, stopping off and on, going back and forth. And one morning I woke up and this was, it was more like a lightning bolt from the sun. I don't, I don't know what you call it. It was a huge lightning bolt. Yeah. And I, I'd been drinking one night and I ended up in the hospital the next morning from excessive drinking. Mm. excessive alcohol. And I woke up, a friend came to me and he said, are you ready yet? And I knew what he meant. And that had I hit rock bottom. I <laughs> hit rock, rock bottom. Yeah. And I literally, I says, yeah, I'm ready. And all that anger towards God that I had left was, and I knew my life was going to be different and it was going to change. Yeah, I've never had another drop of alcohol, never had a cigarette, never had any of that stuff since December 14th, 1988. Wow. It was all removed.
0: Wow. All the, any sort of cravings, any sort of- Gone. Want for it, gone. That's fabulous. Yeah. Wow. Wow, that's great. Yeah. That's great. And then then there's many bolts
1: along the way. We all have them. We all have those aha moments, those lightning bolts. Sometimes yeah. it's a storm. Sometimes it's
0: just a single bolt out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's, it's that bolt that just sets you on that, on that path, yep. whatever, whatever path it is that you feel like this is, this is what I'm destined to be on. Yep. Now, now with that in mind, what led you to your later ventures along the way? Cause like, I mean, as someone who is doing so much good for podcasters and podcast guests as part of Endless Stages, what led you to podcasting in the first place?
1: Great question. And let me put a couple of different pieces together here. Yeah. But so, I mean- when I left that training, the, the yoga training with Bikram, I had no intention of becoming a teacher.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. I just wanted to go for the experience. And yeah. within a week, I was teaching. Within a year, I had my first studio. Oh, right? wow. And it was a successful studio. People started saying I should write a book, which ended up being the falling down book, the first book. Mm-hmm. And one thing led to the next. I I started helping Bikram with, with leading the trainings. I did 30 teacher trainings, about 7,000 people. Mm-hmm. And I found that I was really good at helping people – it's not really the full definition of of what I call a quantum leap. I like talking a lot about quantum leaps, but helping people realize that they already have what they need to do whatever it is they want to do. Yeah. And so like in, in the trainings where I was helping people speak in front of other people, I would brief story a psychiatrist from the federal prison system had left the the prison system because he had been attacked a number of times and didn't want to be there, and then started doing yoga. Came to our training, and when he came to the training, he couldn't speak in front of people. But mm-hmm. very quickly, I mean, he one day I said, "Let me ask you a question. Did you ever speak in front of a room full of convicts and prisoners?" He says, "Yeah." I said, "Well, what would you talk about him?" He says. Oh, psychiatric state of mind and mental health. And I says, so you stood in front of a room in a federal prison talking to people about their state of mental health. He says, yeah. Mm-hmm. I says, what if you were to take that same experience and stand in the front of a room and teach a yoga class? And it mm. clicked to him that he yeah. already knew how to do it. And literally, George, instantly he was able to do that.
0: Yeah, it's so, kind of like sh- it's, it's shifting that mindset is like there was Tyler said something similar when it came to speaking, when it came to public speaking, we all do it. We all start off with we've all been doing it since we've been doing show and tell to our classmates. Absolutely. So it was all about shifting that mindset. Same sort of thing that you said.
1: Yep, absolutely. And Tyler and I have talked a lot about that, that idea of show and tell as grade school, because I remember that, too. <laughs> so. As we go forward and as as I'm getting ready to release my book in 2012, I'm thinking I want to do a podcast. I want to talk to other people that have what I call falling up experiences. Not just the falling down part. Right. You gotta fall down to have the falling up. Mm -hmm. You know what goes down comes back up. Obviously, it's normally the other way. Right. So I started doing my my first podcast. And I loved it, George. Mm-hmm. Like you, I mean, it's really great to be able to talk to multiple people. I'm on the guesting side right now. I don't have a show right now, but I still get to talk to a lot of different people. And every day, day, I'm virtually every day, I'm on a different podcast. And the diversity of it is incredible. Mm-hmm. The different experiences, the, the different people I get to meet. And it's like,
0: we get to sit around and have a conversation with people from all over the world. Mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It really is. It really is just an amazing, amazing platform. I, I, once I started doing this as part of a, part of an author round table over Mm -hmm. here in St. Louis, I started doing that and then I just really fell in love with it. And then as we were going on around after a couple of years of doing it, just as part of a group, that's when the idea suddenly came for me to take the plunge and start my own show. I felt like I had, I had gotten enough experience. I felt like I kind of knew what I was doing. And so far things are 150 episodes later. It's going, it's, I would say it's going well. Right. Well, it's, it comes back to that idea. We're
1: just having discussion, but we're, having it with a microphone in front of us and a camera that's it
0: yeah but we're just having a friendly discussion talking about life exactly and what we're talking about can also benefit hopefully benefit other people the the listeners and we can yeah. provide content for them that can make them all of a sudden start seeing things in a different way the same way that that you've that you did with with you did in the past and the way that Tyler did it as well and yeah. the and then you like and then how did you two come together on the on something like this well
1: we've had mutual friends for a number of years and we ended up in a mastermind group together a few years back and we ended up starting to talk and Tyler was, had been done some speaker training i had done some speaker training I've been a coach, teacher, trainer in some capacity for thirty plus years. Mm-hmm. He came from the entertainment industry and and learning frameworks from the entertainment industry on stories. And I learned it. I, I went to Merrillhurst to study some storytelling, and we just it just seemed to come together naturally.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and we we ended up putting what's what we call endless stages together where we help. Really, it's we, we help podcast guests. We're we're choosing that side right now versus the host side. Mm-hmm. But and we're also working with a lot of speakers, but it's really not about learning how to podcast. It's learning be to be able to tell your story mm-hmm. on any platform. Yeah. Whether it's podcasting, whether it's stage, whether it's webinar, whether it's sitting at a restaurant with friends. Mm-hmm. And learning how to pull those stories out, and like our friend Les Brown, both Tyler and I are good friends with Les Brown, he likes to say, you never tell a story without a point, and never tell a point without a story.
0: Mm. you yeah.
1: very powerful. You, you don't want to leave them hanging. Well, I don't say you don't. All, sometimes you can leave them hanging a little bit, mm-hmm. right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what, what was the, there was a, there was an old uh, proverb that, that Steve Sable from NFL films, the late Steve Sable said, what was it? It was tell me, tell me the truth and I'll listen. Tell me a, f- a fact and I'll believe, but tell me a story and it will live forever in my heart. Yeah. 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 And that, I, that's, I, I hope I, yeah. I hope I got that right. I hope I I, I think it. you did
1: <laughs> 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 close that's enough. I point. I think you, you made your point with that, that about yeah. that. Yeah. 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 So how I, feel. It, it it's how it makes us feel.
0: Right. And and that's and that's something that I truly love as well. Like as a storyteller in general, I realized it not too long ago that I had all these different creative venues, but I didn't really know how to really bring them all together. Just yeah. kind of I, I actually kind of visualized it. I set up four of my my daughter's Lego bricks and just kind of put them together. Just put them like oh, it's like, okay, I'm an author, so that that brick is over here. I'm a podcaster, that one's over here, audiobook narrated over here, voice act over here. How do I get them to stack? What yeah. is it that 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 they have in common that they can share and be just one thing? And then it became storyteller.
1: There so. you go. Yeah. And that's what we all are, and we've been doing it since the beginning of time. Yeah. Exactly. You, you, Just you, sitting around a campfire. Sitting around a campfire, dragging the dinosaurs back for dinner mm-hmm. after sparing them, telling the story. Oh, you can't believe it. I thought I was gonna die, but I nailed that
0: that dinosaur. And here we have dinner. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so what what was it like getting endless stages off the ground? What was it that when you started that? When did it feel like, oh, we have something here? Well,
1: I think we knew that we had something before we really started launching it. And we're still mm-hmm. in the early stages. We're still building our membership and our group. But it's just it keeps coming about naturally and new things come up and new ways of doing things. And that's where the podcast came up, because it yeah. wasn't initially about podcasting. It was more just about speaking. Mm-hmm. And then, then we really started diving in and we were doing some podcasting and it was going, well. We both know how to podcast, been host, been guest. Why don't we include this in what we're doing? It's showing mm. people how to put their stories together, how to get on podcasts, how to put their profiles together, how to put their websites together, yeah. how to put a package together to get out the information, the stories that they
0: want to get out.
1: Mm-hmm. And it great. just it seemed like a natural fit.
0: Yeah and And the clientele that that have been coming in you've gotten you've gotten quite a bit of attention from what i understand correct
1: yeah we we have everybody from brand new people that have never spoken anywhere other than out to dinner with friends right to professional keynote speakers commanding higher fees Wow, ten fifteen twenty thousand dollar
0: fees yeah, yeah that's great. That's yeah. that's amazing. And has there been like a really good and, and I understand that there is also a Facebook group as well. So that way everyone can also just kind of communicate with each other and potentially network with each other, correct?
1: Right. We 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 have a free Facebook group that everybody can anybody can join, especially those we we focus a lot on authors and entrepreneurs and nonfiction authors more particularly. Because mm-hmm. there's a little bit of difference between the fiction and nonfiction side. So we yeah. focus a little bit more on that. And we also have a lot of free free resources, George, where there's a number of video type trainings, there's some downloads. there's we like to say that our free resources are better than a lot of people's paid. Wow. So anybody can access the the information for free. We have regular uh, trainings through our facebook page that we do on a regular basis we we're working closely with alex Filippo over at Podmatch. As he's a co-founder of Podmatch with his wife right and so we work closely w- with him as well on really helping ensure that anybody that wants to be on
0: podcasts can do it and can do it well excellent excellent and the more people that can do it well the more people that can guest on different shows the more productive that they can be the mutually beneficial it is for everyone yeah because there there are so many guests out there that are looking for a show to be on and there are so many showrunners that need content and so there's there's this wonderful like symbiosis with everyone <laughs> everyone is just kind of working with each other and All of a sudden, just creating this wonderful, this wonderful community that's that really and building upon, I should say, building upon a wonderful community because it already is outstanding. Yeah, I've met I have met people that that are podcasters that are that are de facto friends and I am I'm thrilled Mm -hmm. to to have them in my life. And it's because of it's because of podcasting. It's because of this kind of platform.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the thing about podcasting right now, I don't remember, there's about there's a little over 4 million podcasts in the United States right now. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. And they go from the broad range, I mean, how a physician can help their finances. Right. I mean to more more generalized. There's people all the way up to Joe Rogan and we we like to kid around that we're going to knock Joe off the top one day.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I'm Joe. I gotta I gotta hand it to him. Like the man is uh, the man's very you know diligent, and he you know, always works hard and everything to constantly improve a show to get the to keep the quality up. And I I got I gotta respect him for that. And that's yeah. and so with so with that in mind, if there is someone out there that is looking at getting themselves out there through of through a, a, a concept like endless stages, what is it that they can do? Like, what, what can they expect by signing up?
1: Right. Well, there's, first of all, I'll mention there's two different places they can go. They go to my website, which is michaelbharris.com. That's a B is mm-hmm. a boy in the middle, michaelbharris.com. And there's, an opt-in there if somebody wants to join Endless Stages. Again, there's absolutely no cost. Or they can go to EndlessStages.com. Either one, we'll, we'll, we'll get them there. Yeah. You you mentioned about show and tell as a kid. And we, we all have that experience where we get in front of the room in first, second, third grade, all excited, talking about whatever it is, our latest vacation, what happened this weekend, what whatever it might have been. Right, so we believe that we already have those skills to do that. So what we try to do at those stages is help people recognize that they already have the skills and ability to do what they want to do, to mm-hmm. be able to speak, to be able to take that skill that they learned in grade school or perhaps even before, maybe even kindergarten. Right. What, what's the saying? You learned everything you
0: needed to learn in kindergarten. Something yeah, like that. yeah. Everything I it, need to know in life I learned from kindergarten. Yeah, it,
1: it's so true. Most mm-hmm. of what we learned is as a kid and we've been it's been put aside or somebody said, you're a terrible speaker, or, you can't draw or you can't sing or all these things. Life is filled with with those type of comments that people have said. And then it pushes us down. And so we never allow that part of ourselves to grow. Mm-hmm. So At Endless Stages, we help to bring that back out of people. We help them realize that they've been speaking their whole life. Mm. And if you have a story that you want to tell, we can show you how to tell it. We can show you how to create those storylines or multiple storylines on the same thing. I've got a thing about my first entrepreneur journey as selling blackberry pies door to door at six years old. Now I can use that same idea in multiple different ways. Mm -hmm. That one, I can take that one sentence. And again, I can talk about it for one minute. I can talk about it for two hours. Wow. That same
0: idea. Yeah. Cause like how to, how to work the crowd, what they are expecting and what you can, how you can properly phrase what it is that that you're the story that you're talking about in order to fit what is what's expected of you
1: exactly yeah exactly fabulous yeah in that story i can talk about entrepreneur journey i can talk about family relationships i can talk about neighborhoods i mean Mm -hmm. there's different pieces in there
0: yeah yeah and where can where can my listeners find you on social media Falling up secrets
1: at on Facebook is the best place. I don't have all the different social media accounts, George. Mm-hmm. I I pretty much stick with Facebook. I've never had an Instagram account. People say I should. I've never had a TikTok account, and it may be going away. So who who knows about that? Right. Uh, so the the best place is either Facebook or our one of our websites. Excellent.
0: Excellent. I hope that all of you are feeling just as motivated as I am to get your hands on falling down, getting up. Michael has an amazing story. I hope that you have felt just as inspired by listening to it as I have. And I want nothing but the best for all of you. And just like what, just like when it comes to, when it comes to getting your, your journey out there, when it comes to getting that journey started, it's going to take you in a lot of different directions and you very much likely will hate that journey that you're on for a period of time. But if you stick with it, if you realize what it is that you are meant to do and once everything clicks, then you are just going to have literally have the time of your life. And so for Michael B. Harris, this is George Saroy saying all of you ever upward and I will see you next week. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Excelsior Journeys. I hope it was both inspiring and entertaining. Special thanks to Zach Comteau for providing new music for the intro and outro. Please take a moment to leave a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you enjoy the show, please share it with your friends and subscribe to your platform of choice by going to he'sgotit.com/podcasts. While there, you can also fill out the application to be a guest, inquire about sponsorship opportunities, and click on the Buy Me a Coffee link if you wish to give your support to the show. All interaction is very much appreciated. If you have a question, comment, or suggestion for the show, please direct it to george at he'sgotit.com.